Hello, hello. Thank you, AJ. Thank you. Hello to my mafians out there. Hello to all my loyal listeners and new listeners as well. We have a great show today. You're listening to the Too Clever Mafia podcast, and you couldn't have tuned in. Is that the right word to say, AJ? Tuned in or pressed play, subscribed, liked, whatever, at at, at a better time. We have a real treat today, AJ. I have a real treat for everyone. Yeah. So, um... We're going to get right into it because I, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of good, good stuff, thought-provoking stuff, as usual. Only stuff we provide here at the uh, Too Clever Mafia podcast. I am your host, if you don't know, Too Clever Mafia. And we are going to talk about a book that I wrote about, oh, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 years ago, whatever. It's it's just kind of ongoing. But um, it's called, the ready for the title? Just to kind of give you a warm-up of where we're going, no pun intended. The It's called Hot Caffeine, hyphen, Feeling the Slow Burn of the American Way. Now, I generally don't get political. I generally don't, uh, you know, religion and politics are off the table, usually. Um, but these are some of my thoughts, and, and they're generalized thoughts. They're not left, they're not right. Um, you may agree, you may not agree. If you don't, great. If you do, great. Uh, you know, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Two Clever Mafia, or over on uh, uh, Facebook. Same thing at Two Clever Mafia. We also have Instagram as well, AJ's and YouTube. You can definitely comment if you wish if you're listening to this on the YouTube. But um, it, it's really a, a combination of things that are I don't want to say damaging our society, but changing our society. And um, the the book itself. Uh, consisted of seven chapters and um uh it's gonna be it's really fun it's 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 a fun book but it's also a thought-provoking book and um we're gonna just talk about the book i'm gonna go over my points kind of give you an author's perspective and i'm not selling it not even gonna put a link for it but i'm gonna let you know um kind of we're gonna discuss you know i really want some feedback from my listeners and you know the how you know i don't the world is changing, folks. Things are changing. Things are evolving. New things have to be developed. New old things are going, going in the the trash can. And uh, you know, how's it going to work? But uh, it, it's it's you know just kind of continuously evolving, which is how you know how things have always been. But the um, I'm going to go into a quick summary. We're going to have a short break. I'll let you know what the chapters are if you want to tune in. There's also, I'm going to break this down for individual chapters. If you just want to listen to a certain section or not, feel free. Uh, but the first chapter uh, is basically, it's called Chapter 1. Okay, AJ, I know you were on the edge of your seat. But it's called Chapter 1, Caution, the coffee is extremely hot. Now, that is this is gonna, this was a chapter based about around the, the history of the McDonald's lawsuit and all of that crazy nonsense. But it really, that lawsuit changed um the culture of a lot of um uh, the way people just sued people all the time for everything so that's the first chapter and then the second chapter we had um it was basically it's called uh, chapter two whiplash uh has to do with insurance auto insurance some of the rates why is is it the way it is kind of a a real breakdown of that stuff you know so people can understand it maybe better or um why is it to begin with? Uh, but then we have uh, chapter three, which is uh, 
titled Caution. Now, there's a lot of caution in this because it was hot coffee, you know, that whole kind of beginning thing. But Caution, Monopoly, go to jail, do not get up and go, right? And this has a lot to do with a, kind of a new... Um, the new way corporations and big business have taken over the world, you know, you don't really have that mom and pop atmosphere and we're going to go into that a little bit and whether it's good, whether it's bad, either way, it is what it is. Uh, chapter three is going to be, uh, also going to be talking about the, you know, the banks, we go into cable car companies, phone companies, um, all that stuff. Chapter four is caution caught on tape it's called and uh we're going to go into a little bit about american news media um well i guess you could say news media around the world but mostly from my perspective here in america and um is it really news anymore or is it just opinionated mumbo jumbo Um, you know are the facts really reported accurately and then we're going to go into chapter five which is caution www dot 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 you like that? They think that's three dots, right? Dot, dot, dot. And um, what that is, is um, we're going to go into some of the gray areas on the web. I'm not talking, no, AJ, not the, not the dark web, not those, and not the gray areas that you might happen to wander upon, but we're talking about some of the laws and the rules and how big companies um, use the internet to make money um, and uh, how things have changed. I mean, the internet has changed everything. And then chapter six in the book was about um, the caution, uh, no high-speed dubbing. Do you even know what dubbing is? Well, I thought this was kind of a play on the, the but it, on words kind of, but uh, it does have to do with the music industry. And we, well, that's dubbing, AJ, just for your, your own information. Dubbing has to do with, we used to uh, record and... Um, pretty sure it was when you used to record from one cassette to the other and you wanted to make a duplicate and you could record at a second a little bit higher faster pace than if you would just press play on one and record on the other cassette and then you would record the two i think high speed dubbing did it a little quicker than normal um but the the idea behind chapter six is the um what happened you know how music used to be be before mp3 players before you know uh you know all this electronic stuff that i don't want to say killed the music industry but definitely changed the music industry for for both the you know the producers and and the promoters as well as the musicians and the artists um but it definitely changed the way they make money and um i don't know uh currently i don't think it's a good thing but that's well you have to we'll have to see we'll have to go into that in more detail um, but we're going to go through our normal, our normal routine. I don't know if I'm going to split this up into two, two separate podcasts, AJ, because there's a lot of stuff here and there's a lot of good stuff, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so you are all, and you don't have to pay for a thing, folks. You don't, you know, listeners, you can, uh, listen to me talk about my book. Kind of an well, I'm not going to do. It's not going to be an audio book. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, I probably could sit here for three hours reading the whole book, but I'm going to give you my take on the summary and how I approached it when I was writing it. And you know, love to hear your feedback. Again, Twitter, twoclevermafia.com. You can check over on our website as well. 
and we will be right back after this short break and get things rolling. Give me some outro music there, AJ. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. You have once again joined up with the Too Clever Mafia podcast. I am your host, Too Clever Mafia. Thank you for my beautiful intro, AJ, over who's over in the sound booth. Uh, we are going to get right into chapter one of our uh, Hot Caffeine, Feeling the Slow Burn of the American Way um, book read or book summary, whatever you want to call it. And uh, that way you can drive and you don't have to worry about reading while you're driving. But chapter one, titled, Caution, This Coffee is Extremely Hot, exclamation point, um, is basically the history of the McDonald's lawsuit. Not the history that you might have read or heard. Um, this is based on the legal documents from the case. Um, this goes way back to 1994. Uh, Liebeck vs. McDonald's, 1994. Um it was the case of a, a 79-year-old woman who ordered a cup of coffee, spilled a cup of coffee on herself in the pelvic region and was suffered third-degree burns. Um, really, if you look at some of the details of the case, uh, I mean, the details themselves are what they are, but this case itself changed, uh, I feel, in the way people looked at their liability. Uh, you know, it added those extremely caution, extremely hot uh, words to the side of the cup. Um, and, and, and I believe lawyers all over the land said, you know, hey, we have to really limit liability by uh, making sure we think of everything, even even though not only think of everything and, and be able to put some sort of disclaimer, but we need to be able to to kind of think of the things that everybody already knows and also disclaim them. So, but the case with, with, with Stella, um, it was really rough because she was hospitalized for eight days and ended up having to get skin grafts. And they said over two years of medical treatments, um, the bills alone, uh, for it were about $160,000 back in the, this was the early nineties. Uh, and she, she won. She won the case originally. She won $2.6 million, right? And the medical bills, which was like 160 k um, And the lawyer was very good at arguing that the coffee, which back then was served between 180 and 190 degrees, was considered defective because if you went anywhere else, uh, you weren't, you know, you, the odds were you weren't going to get a cup of coffee at that temperature. Now, McDonald's argued back and forth, stating, you know, how they were fast food and it was fresh and it was hot and brewed and all of that. But you can obviously brew coffee at a lower temperature than that. But I'm no expert on coffee. And if you are, head over to our Twitter and let me know what the proper temperature is coffee should be brewed at. Um, I don't know if there is one, but I'd love to hear from, from anybody out there that's an expert in the coffee field. But... McDonald's originally refused to settle 
Now, supposedly they 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 wanted to settle for a lot less than the two point six million dollars, but then um, went through the jury, a whole trial. the The jury awarded uh, the hundred sixty thousand for the medical and the two point seven million for punitive damages. Um, but then the trial judge turned around. I wish I want. Wish we had his name. I got to look see if I can find his name. The trial. I, I had the document and I. I I gotta go get it, but I'm not gonna do that right now. But the the, the trial judge uh, reduced her her settlement to six hundred and forty thousand, which is still, you know, I don't know. In nineteen ninety, if I had to spend eight days in the hospital and get skin grafts and be treated for over two years, and I don't know when that trial actually settled because it takes time for all that to go through. Um, you know, it, that's not a lot of money, so. Rightfully so, so uh, Stella, so and Stella, I'm trying to get my S's all, all tangled, but uh, rightfully so, the she appealed the case, and while it was pending, uh, McDonald's, I guess, realized, hey, th- I mean, it was getting national attention at this point, and McDonald's realized, hey, we got to get this out of the news. Um, you know, we want to make sure, we want to go back to selling our, our nuggets and burgers and uh, and green shakes on the holidays, and we really don't want to be uh, you know dragged through the mud. You know it could ruin a company, and they ended up settling with her for a confidential amount after this whole thing. But uh, there was actually a documentary if anybody's interested. I think it was 2011 on uh, HBO. I don't know where you'd find it, but it's called Hot Coffee. Um, but uh, on the whole situation. Made for television, I guess. But, but the point is, this changed everything. Um, it, from that point forward, it was, you know, even I remember the kids back then uh, and the, the younger folk, they were, you know, it became, I'm going to sue you for everything. You know, I'm going to sue you for this. I'm going to sue you for that. Uh, it really opened up, uh, you know, what they so the so-called ambulance chases. You know, lawyers that, you know, you ever hear that term, AJ? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. A, you know, they, 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 someone gets injured and then you got the injury attorneys following after them, you know, looking to make a buck. I mean, rightfully people do get injured and it's somebody else's fault, but the people were suing everybody for anything. Uh, you know, you hurt your finger, you, you know, but, but I, I, before that, I don't remember, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember, um, uh, lawsuits being brought for such you know things that just should have been taken care of i guess you know the mcdonald's thing was was you know you go in to the man and this person got injured and hurt and uh got a lawyer and said listen hey my client is injured mcdonald's should have came right forward and said hey okay it happened she's injured it was our product we're going to take care of it now it's just and and it created a world where there's disclaimers on everything since then and um you know there was actually a, something i saw there's a disclaimer when i go to the food store with the shopping carts right and it says you know we're not responsible if our cart damages your car and and the theory behind it i guess and i don't know the legal i'm 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 not a lawyer but i the legal principle behind it but 
I believe that that's more of a scare tactic because if your property damages my property, you know, unless someone pushes is pushing that cart, but if it blows across the, the, the parking lot and it's your cart, like, you know, if, if, if my, my garbage can flew around and, and damaged someone else's car, I'm responsible because that garbage can, I believe, was my property and, and you know, my property damaged someone else's. So why wouldn't, you know, because there's the disclaimer, if I put a disclaimer on the side of my garbage can, hey, if this, if my garbage can blows into your car, I'm not responsible. So you could just say you're not responsible and you're not. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know the legal, you know, legal mumbo jumbo or jargon, but I would think, you know, but it created this environment. So, you know, from that point forward, I mean, you know, everything from bags being choking hazards, which, you know, let's be honest, if a child is using this bad bag as a choking hazard, they're not, if it becomes, if it is a choking hazard for a child, that child more than likely cannot read the printed ink on the bag. So who is that for? Is that, so it's for the parents, right? So to say, hey, listen, FYI, this bag can suffocate your child. And are parents really saying to them, you know, there had to be some situation, right, for this to happen, but are parents really not aware? Are people not aware of that? Is it, you know, and is it more of somebody not being aware so they can sue the bag manufacturer? I, I don't, I don't get it. I, 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 it just, it's a, just a way for people to say, hey, my fault, not my fault. You know, like they say, sorry. Uh, somebody said this to me the other day. Um, one of my grandkids goes, said, sorry, not sorry. So what does that really even mean? It's offsetting sorries, you know? So it's like, uh, hey, you know, we're liable, we're not liable. You know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things where, uh, I, I, but this this case, um, like I said, it was Lieback versus McDonald's has really, really changed, changed the way American uh uh, the legal system and the way people approach things and lawyers and before they even put a product out, it's got to go through legal and, and, you know, before you even send, you know, it, it, the lie, the worry about liability. Now, I don't know if that's kind of a thing that lawyers have made themselves more useful, maybe. So, you know, then you know, there is a flood of lawyers out there. No offense against lawyers. It's a great profession, noble, but uh, it's a very difficult you know, to get to that point where you can practice law in most places. Something to think about. But uh, that was the first chapter. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back with uh, what uh, what chapter two kind of, uh, kind of brought to my mind and what we wrote about. But that was the summary. And um, think about that. Think about what, what that lawsuit and, and how the world has changed and everybody could sue everybody for anything these days. And uh, trying to avoid that liability. Check us out over on www.twoclevermafia.com. And don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, go back in there after you listen. We'll wait. Just just kidding. And uh, definitely like and uh, subscribe to all of our social medias over on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And of course, on our YouTube channel at twoclevermafia.com. And we will be right back after this short break.
Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm your host, Too Clever Mafia. You are listening to the Too Clever Mafia podcast. Thank you, AJ, for another lovely intro. And we are back here with the uh, part two of our our six-part series, would you say? Six-part series of hot caffeine fueling the slow burn of the American way. And chapter two is titled Whiplash. Whiplash kind of speaks for what it is. What do you think it is, AJ? Yeah, it's an injury you get, but usually you get an injury, whiplash, you usually suffers in some sort of uh, auto auto accident, automobile accident. So, But the, uh, our topic is about insurance and auto insurance. And those of us, everybody knows you have to have auto insurance to cover your, your vehicle or vehicles. And or most most vehicles, right? I think you have, you have to have boat insurance, plane insurance, probably, motorcycle, definitely. But um, auto insurance varies from state to state. So depending on where you live in America, auto insurance rates are different. And, um, you know, some states are worse than others. Some states are, are good, have good rates, you know. Some states you pay monthly for the same price you would pay annually in other states. And, and the question is, why, why do they differ so wi- widely? Like, why are the amounts so much cheaper? And um, kind of things to think about, right? And th- these are the things that I think matter. You know, they really, they really should matter. And... Um, you know, your driving record should matter. I understand if you're, you're crashing into a car every other day, the insurance companies are taking more of a risk, but you're also not a great driver. So maybe you shouldn't be behind the wheel, but if your driving record is not that good, your insurance rates should be higher, right? Uh, you know, you're, you're speeding, you're, you're crashing into things, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, you're drunk driving, things like that. You, you shouldn't be behind the wheel of an automobile, automobile anyway. And I think if you get caught doing like drunk driving. A lot of states, they, they give you either an opportunity or they take away your license for a while. That's a, that's a whole nother matter. But, um, which also, by the way, infects, affects your, your insurance rates, which again, totally understandable. makes a lot of sense. Um, I think also the years behind the wheel. Now I'm not just saying this because I'm 500 years old, but no, I'm not 500 years old, but, um, I'm not, uh, years behind the wheel makes a big difference. And, not all the time. There's people that have been driving for 80 years and they shouldn't be on the road for five, you know, for 79 of them. But um, your age and the, the the experience and, you know, if I, I would imagine, you know, probably in, in the Midwest, I don't know how early uh, uh, they can drive with a license depending on what state they live in. But if you're 14 or 13 and you're driving farm vehicles and you're out on the road and, you, you know, by the time you're 20, you, you've got uh, six years driving experience and you, you're probably a good driver, you know, but the, the driving those type of machines or whatever you're driving. But it, it really comes down to the experience and not not necessarily your age, but your experience behind the wheel, I feel. And, you know, what, you know, have you driven cross country a dozen times? Have you, you know, you put the mileage, the, the, the miles on the tires, you know, you, you got to put you got to have that experience, which makes you ultimately a better driver. Now, there are distractions that come into play, and there are, you know, if you're not focused behind the wheel or, you know, you're watching a movie while you're driving, that kind of stuff, um, you know, is going to make you not so great. But that should be a factor. Uh, and then maybe the type of car. This is where I, I think this is both, um, I think, something that doesn't matter or shouldn't matter, and I think something that should matter. But I think the type of car you're driving by value should matter because the insurance company has to insure a more expensive vehicle. And, 
just like your home. If you if your home is worth more and you want to have more insurance and you want your valuables more to be insured, you, you've got to pay more. So that makes sense. What doesn't make sense to me is, and these things I feel shouldn't matter, is like some, some insurance companies will charge you money, uh, more money for insurance if your credit score is no good. What does your credit score have to do with how well you drive? What's their association with that? Um, you know, people pay their bills. People don't pay their bills. You know, I, it doesn't, I don't see the, the, how, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody from the auto industry or the auto insurance industry that can explain it to me in detail, but I don't see how your, your credit score has anything to do with how well you drive. Also gender, gender is a factor on some policies for some companies on who drives better, male or female. Um, should that be a factor? No, it shouldn't be. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I, I was told by, um, I'm not going to say, uh, the name of the old insurance company I had, uh, we'll just say it was every state insurance and, uh, they, they, they said that, well, you know, women typically are better drivers than men, safer drivers than men. And in turn, women get less expensive rates. Is that fair? I don't know. I don't, but I don't think it should matter. I don't think it should be a deciding factor in how much you pay. Um, also age, um, you know, young or old. Sometimes younger folks, are they're going to pay more. They're newer drivers. Well, that's true. But um, uh, again, depending on when you start driving and depending on your record, you know, if you drive, let's say you're 18 years old, you get your license. I don't know what the ages are in the different states, but I know they vary. But you're 18 years old, you get your license, you drive great for five years, six years, seven years. When does your insurance go down, AJ? Right, 20. Okay, he, well, okay so, well, that makes sense, right? So AJ just said, well, when you, you need to be 25 to rent a car, and your insurance rates typically don't go down until then. So I don't know how true that is, but, you know, why is a 25-year-old uh, driver any better than an 18-year-old driver? I don't know. Um, there's people that are a lot older that can't do things that younger folks can do and vice versa. That, that it shouldn't be a deciding factor is my point. Also, some states, some cities, some towns, they charge more because you live in a certain state, city, or town. You know, higher crime, more car thefts. Uh, that's that's just not fair. I mean, that, that shouldn't be a deciding factor. I mean, I... You know, you're, you're guessing and are assume, making assumptions that someone's going to steal your car and the insurance company's got to pay for it or whatnot, or it's going to get more damage. Shouldn't be a deciding factor at all. And then uh, the, the, this is the type of car. Now, if it is a sports car or it is a van or an SUV, uh, should it be a deciding factor in that reach? It shouldn't be. Because I don't feel it should be because, you know, like I said, the type of car by value, understood. But the type of car, whether it's a sport or van, I've seen some minivans fly past me on the highway at high rates of speed when I was doing the speed limit. And they could have been doing double, you know, at the same token, I've seen sports cars. You know, uh, I have a neighbor who has a, um, a, a Corvette, very fast car. 
I don't think he's ever gotten out of first gear. He drives 30 miles an hour, whether he's not in, on the highway or not. Um, very safe driver, by the way. But uh, it doesn't matter. My, 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 my point is that it doesn't, it doesn't really make a difference um, to, to anyone as far as like what car you have. It, it just is kind of a, a way, I guess, for the insurance companies maybe to make more money. So that's kind of a summary of what chapter two was that. Something to think about again. That's really all it, it's intended for is for to be thought provoking. I mean, you have, uh, I mean, I, I could have talked about health insurance, which is also in the book. And we all know that racket, um, why some states are more than others. Same, same idea. And as long as there's that much money involved, I don't know how that's going to be fixed, but not going to get into health insurance on this because I could have written two books just on that. So we're going to uh, take another short break and we're going to be back with our next chapter. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on all our social medias, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the Facebook, sign up, subscribe, like the videos, like if you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to it and get all your notifications and all that fun jazz. But uh, we really appreciate it. And check us out on www.twoclevermafia.com. Over there, we've got kind of a mixed bag of everything. If you want to read about AJ's bio, I think he just updated his bio over there and find out uh, a little bit more of him and some of our writers on the show. A little bit about me, if you don't already know. And we will be right back after this short break to talk about Chapter 3. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you, AJ, once again. Hello, to my Mafians. We are back with part four, which is really about chapter three in my, uh, what do we call it, manifesto? Is that what we call it, AJ Mahal? Yeah. Hot caffeine, feeling the slow burn of the American way. This is going to be chapter three of uh, the presentation from the Two Clever Mafia podcast, and I'm your host, Two Clever Mafia. So, chapter three... We're going to get right into it here, AJ. Is uh, It's called Caution, Monopoly, Go to Jail, Do Not Get Up and Go. Well, what was this chapter about, AJ? I know you're wondering. Well, the, my big question in this chapter was, why would anyone make anything new? And what, I, what, what my point was with this was the corporate America, um, it, 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 it has its place, right? Capitalism has its place. But the in corporate America, if you make something, and a lot of people have become rich millionaires, rich beyond their wildest dreams because they created something and then they sold it to a big corporation who bought it and made it even bigger and cashed you out and that was it. But the flip side of that is if you create something Let's say you open up your own hamburger joint, right? Your own hamburger joint. And you you make a great burger. You put your 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 heart and your soul into it, and you know you 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 put love into every single bite, and you open it up, and there happens to be a a a a, a McBurger place somewhere in your area. They're not gonna, and you and you pull and you're and you're doing so well. You're pulling business from this these places, right? They're gonna try to shut you down. 
they're going to they're gonna try to steal your business one way or another because, you know, uh, maybe not the big, big franchises because they're, they're, they're definitely, um, you know, they might not even care. You know, they're going to draw customers. But if, if you do well in customer service and you make a superior, superior product at a, and a great value, uh, you can draw customers away from those places, especially the, the medium-sized ones. You know, not the number one in the franchise. You know, you go to those two and three and four spotters. You know, they're not going to be happy about it. And, uh, but you, if it, big business can also then try to, in t- at times they try to recreate, they can try to recreate what you're, you're providing. If you're providing such great service and, uh, you know, and then they can make it their own, put their own spin on it. And, and, and also, you know, cause they have the resources and the funds to do so. And, and, and ultimately put you out of business if you're doing well. In, in in some spots and some markets and depending on just food industry, but there's a lot of other, you know, little hardware stores. When, when, when the big hardware stores come in, they, these little hardware stores can't survive. They can't, you know, I used to love going into my local hardware store. You know, you get the little nuts and the bolts and, you know, the little trinkets when you needed something, or if I needed a small hinge or, or something small, you know, the, the, the person there, you know, you knew who it was, they knew you, directed you to where you got to go, gave you a discount. Uh, I used to go there to get, uh, back in the day when, when I had a pool, uh, get the chlorine, the shock I used to call it, you know, do all the chemicals. I bring my water there and have a test. It was a little, little tiny place, but I mean, they did a little bit of everything there, but my point was that they, they, they're no longer in business because they couldn't, they couldn't buy in enough bulk to store enough of it, to be able to sell it at a, at a lower cost, um, or better value than the big, big chains. And now you go into these big chains, you get no customer service. There's not, they don't know who you are. They don't care. You have some minimum wage person making, you know, who should be making more, but then you go, you go to different areas. And if you're lucky to find someone these days in those big box, uh, hardware stores, there's nobody there. So you, the, the point of this was, you know, big business, they, they, they're not good for the little man. Then, then, you know, the mom and pop and then, then mom and pop businesses end up having to go and work for those big businesses who don't pay well for the starting levels. I mean, you can work your way up and I'm sure it'd be management director, but you ultimately though, when you work for someone else, whether it's a huge corporation or middle of the road or small, your efforts are going to better the efforts of the owner of those businesses whether the shareholders, the CEOs, or the small business owner, that's who your effort's going for. Now, if you're okay with that, great. But when you own your own business, if you're the owner of a small business, a medium or whatever, and you put the effort in, that's that's what you're going to get out of it. So think about that. You know, think about that. It was, it was thought-provoking on that level to say, hey, should I go into business for myself? And, you know, there's a lot of scariness into it. And, you know, you're worried if you're going to fail and, and you put all your eggs in one basket kind of that way. And then there's a other things that big businesses offer, sometimes health insurance, which by the way, from what I understand, the big businesses, they're not doing well on the health insurance part at all, unless you get a government job, but uh, they're not doing well. Now it's not even an insurance, it's like a co-insurance, so it's not even that good anymore, but uh, it's not a, a selling point. They don't care about it. It's just, they've given up on caring about health insurance for their employees, but, um, and when you kick out the, the small businesses or the competition, the price just gets, keeps going up and up and up. Look at uh, look at phone companies; they keep um, 
uh, scaling down, I don't say scaling down, but they're scaling down their services and what you get for every buck. Um, and the prices just keep going up because there's less competition. The big phone companies are going out of business. I mean, who has a home phone anymore? And they, they've got to find other sources of, of, of income. So, you know, there's, there's the cell phones and the wireless and all that fun jazz. And, uh, you know, it's just more competition does, I don't know what's better. I mean, does more, AJ, do you, more competition create a lower price, but less quality maybe? Or in turn, maybe, maybe it's better quality? Or do you get lower quality at a higher price when, when these big companies take over everything? You have the cable companies, they're fighting to the nail now because they're, you know, people are streaming. They're getting through all these apps and everything now, and then they're streaming and they're, they're, they got to find another way. So they create their own apps. Every channel, if you notice, every channel has got their own app for something. Channels I've never even heard of. And they're, they're, they're streaming their services, but they're not going to have, you know, used to be go kind of like shopping in a mall, right? The idea of going to a mall is you got all these stores in one place. You can knock them all out. Um, as, as a consumer and then but as an owner of a, of a business you open up a store in a mall you've got customers that are being driven by the what they call the, the flagship stores right and they're coming in anyway and they might stop by and you know and, and buy a pretzel you know so that was the idea of a mall but and that's what kind of the idea of, of a cable company they bring all your channels in one 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 place but now these channels are starting to break off and they want to go work on their own now, is that going to be good? Are people going to be loyal enough to follow these channels? Or are they going to say, no, you know what? I'm going to still go where there's more channels, which I don't know. Personally, that might be how my approach is. I want to stay where there's more channels. I'm not really looking to uh, make things more complicated where, okay, I got to have 45 apps on my TV or my phone to be able to watch a show. I mean, that's nuts. That's crazy. Banks. Banks is another one is 8 million banks. I don't even know how they survive. One bank, show, it's like a weed. The bank, if a new bank comes into town, all of a sudden there's 45 branches and you never see anybody there. What are they doing? They just make it look like, I mean, is it a, sometimes I want to go and see if they're really, really buildings. You go inside, it's like a facade. You open the door and it's like you're, you're in a back warehouse. But uh, what do you need banks for? All this real estate. People don't go to banks anymore. Everything's digital. You know, but they're they're just taking up the real estate. Credit cards is eight million credit cards out there. Why? Some banks have dozens and dozens of credit cards. Why? Why do you need? I'll tell you why. Because it's the variety. You know, people want that variety. You go into a small store, which is kind of kind of why these big box stores started to do well. People want that variety, but then they start realizing now. People are looking and saying, hey, it's not the variety. It's the, it, we really need the, we, we want the variety, but we also want the quality in the variety. But in order to provide that variety, you, you, the quality is diminished. You know, wholesale companies, you go into these big box wholesale store. I have a membership to, to one of them. And, you know, some is, some is a good value. I also heard that uh, they don't sell anything uh, more than 30% the cost of it, which is good to keep price control down. But, you know, um, the, the problem with that is like someone like myself, Mrs. Mafia, I very rarely have the need for 480 eggs, you know, large eggs. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make that big of an omelet. You know, I, a dozen eggs is fine, but they don't have that small. And, you know, I got to buy enough of it and then it will go bad. And then you have to say, well, okay, it's, it's a less expensive. Like some things I do buy there. 
I do, you know, I know, you know, I buy the coffee there. I buy, um, um, sometimes their meat is very good, higher quality. I don't mind that there. Um, but for the most part, things are just, uh, getting taken over by big corporations. Satellite radio, another one, satellite radio. Um, some great folks that work over at satellite radio and, um, but you got music streaming, um, you know, it, 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 it took away, you know, we have traditional radio. Is that, I mean, that's even pretty, is that even around anymore? I think I tried to tune into one of my local radio stations the other day and I couldn't even get a frequency. But, um, the, the, the idea of what the chapter was getting kind of off track here is the monopoly, you know, is obviously we know is, is, is one company owning too much of one particular market, right? It's kind of out the window. I don't even think that matters. And I don't even think governments are trying to, I mean, how do you, how do you monitor that? It's very difficult to begin with. Cause who's to say what is a value, what is not, or what is you know, now different, um, you know, online platform combining with a telephone company and like, are they the same? Are they different? Is that really a monopoly? If you're owning two separate businesses, I mean, you keep them separate, combine them. Who knows anymore? I mean, I, I hate to be the guy in the government that's got to, get that file on his desk to sort that mess out. But, and then you have the big part of all of it is, you know, you get advertisers, right? How are advertisers going to connect with their, their customers? You look at advertisements and, you know, there used to be commercials and I love the, I, I, now I, I enjoy a commercial, a good commercial here and there. Um, but people skip ads. You know, I, I generally do on the YouTube. I got to say, I, I, I don't know if I should or not. But I skip the ads. But uh, when a commercial comes on on TV, I usually use that to get up and take a break. You know, hit the lavatory or refrigerator or whatever. But um, on the YouTubes, on the internet, if I can, I'll skip through. Especially when they have the, the little bar now where you can automatically skip through. So that's going to kind of change uh, uh, how how people approach things as well. I mean, the... But the monopoly on these big corporations, they've got to be real careful because it's going to drive prices way, way, way too high. People aren't going to be able to afford it or they're going to have no other option. And then someone's going to pay for it. Someone definitely will, will pay for it and more than likely ends up being the consumer. So check us out on www.twoclevermafia.com. Check us out once again on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube. Uh, we're going to be right back with the next uh, next segment, next chapter. Don't go anywhere, and uh, this next one is going to be fun. Hello, everyone. This is Two Clever Mafia, your host of the Two Clever Mafia podcast. We are back here with Chapter Four. Hello, AJ. How are you doing over there? Hanging in there? Yeah, I had to. Yeah, I had to really wet my whistle after that last uh, last. Jibba Jabba, the uh, monopoly section of uh, uh, corporate America. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, this is tough stuff. This podcast, right? Yeah, we're gonna get right into it, though. We're gonna get we we, we get right down to the nuts and bolts, <laughs> so to speak. But apparently, we have to go to a uh, a large uh, appliance store. We can't go to a hardware store because there's none around. But anyway, we um, chapter four in the. Uh, Next, which is the next chapter in the hot caffeine feeling, the slow burn of the American way segment, uh, manifesto, sorry, and uh, it's called Caution Caught on Tape. 
Now, this is where it gets political, folks. I'm just kidding. I don't really... Uh, I really don't have a... a, a, a uh, what do they say? A horse in this race? Dog in this race? Yeah, I don't like dog races. I mean, a horse... Uh, I guess I guess racing animals of any kind probably is not my thing. But either way... Uh, so, we're going to go right into the news media here. Yes. Yes. I said that the news media. Now, I, your host, Too Clever Mafia... I do have a press pass. I am, uh, I forget what my title is. I don't even have, where is my press pass anyway? But uh, I do have a press pass, so I am a member of the press technically. Um, I don't know what events I'll be getting into as a member of the press, but uh, the the news media, in, in my eyes, these current days, uh, well, I should say probably more than current days, probably the last 10 or 15 years, uh, I don't feel it's news anymore, AJ. You know, I feel that the news media, uh, you know, back in the day, back in my day, we'll, 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 we'll go into the old school, too clever mafia, but back in my day, uh, you know, the news were facts. If there was an accident, a car accident, and it was blocking 4th and 5th Street, wherever, um, you know, they come on the news and say, hey, there was a car accident at 4th and 5th Street and uh, in other news, and then they'd move on. Now, if there's an accident on 4th and 5th Street and I want to know, hey, what's going on over in 4th and 5th Street? This is before I knew about the accident. Automobile accident, AJ, I'm talking about. Um, I'd have to, first, there'd be a teaser. Hey, everyone, guess what happened downtown today on 4th and 5th Street? We'll be back after this. So they, they first of all, they roll me into it. Make me wait. It'll be blah, 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 blah. Um, then I'd have to listen to all the commentary nowadays of of oh well maybe he was drunk uh jane or maybe he wasn't john or joe or whoever like i don't want to hear that i don't want to hear this back and forth banter between the news people they're not supposed to be the news really like i don't your opinion you 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 the news was always when i was back in my day the news was presented in a way where it was fact and you were to elaborate on and, and the host of the news channel or whatever you were watching really wasn't the news. They stayed out of it. They didn't really give you opinion. They didn't, you know, give you a dirty side eye or, a, 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 you know, a, a wink and a wave or whatever you want to call it. They, they didn't get involved. It would, it's not their place. Their place, they're report, news reporters. They were reporting the news. Journalists journal the news. They, they don't, they, they shouldn't be, you know, giving us their opinion, you know, there were ever editorial, I don't even know, I haven't read an actual newspaper in a while, I should, I should start reading again, the, the, the subscription got way too much, I had to cancel it, AJ, but, yeah, it was way too much money, they give you like a free trial, uh, you know, for a few weeks, and then it ends up being, you know, $85 a newspaper, and, and, and it's like four pages thick, but anyway, we're gonna get off topic, but there used to be an editorial sections in newspapers and then you, you know an opinion piece you know and then you did okay but you could skip over that you didn't have to read it you know but now i want my news i, I gotta listen to it it doesn't matter which channel or which company i've got to listen to everybody's opinion and and you know you know i don't want to hear that now maybe maybe it's just me maybe i'm getting old but um and you know it's it just really is, uh, you know, some people, too, will believe anything they hear. 
So if it's presented in a way, if news of any kind is presented in a certain way, um, those people are going to, you know, spill that, you know, hey, Joe, what did you do today? Well, I mean, did you hear about this X, Y, Z? And they're going to present it in a way, taking the opinion of the newscaster, host or whatever you want to call them, and then they're going to present it in a way that's going to be, you know, bias already in the situation. And it's, it's not factual sometimes. And then it's like the game telephone. It just keeps changing and changing. And then it's not... And, and and when it comes to politics, folks, I will say that aside from the news desensitizing Americans and, and, and the stuff that we see on the news and, the, and the, the uninformed commentary we hear, um, it it politically divides or has been politically dividing this country more than ever before. Let people make their own decisions. But now it's become different groups and, and you got to either be on this side of the group or that side of the group. And it's like, um, what's that, that old uh, West Side story where you had the, who was it, the Jets and the other group? I don't know. Kind of like Romeo and Juliet. They had the uh, the Capulets and um, why, why I can only remember half of the groups. I don't know. But um, was it Montagues? Was that it? maybe but the um it politically divides us you know it forces people to pick sides and if you're not on the right side you know this family's divided in half because of their political differences and it just shouldn't be that way it really shouldn't be that way it really it's uh it's a sad sad thing and and when the when the news is, is just entertainment and uh you know there's this one news i'm not even gonna tell you who i watch because actually, I I should say, you know, I do watch a variety of the news channels because when one one news is reporting this way, it's likely other news is reporting differently and vice versa. So I do switch back and forth because it makes me curious as to see, okay, what is this side presenting and what is that side presenting? And then hopefully somewhere is in, in the middle is the truth. But it's really hard to get to the truth because, you know, I'll see, uh, uh, you know, certain things like political in nature on one channel. And then, you know, and, and maybe that channel is, 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 is presenting it factually or, or they're adding their own spin, which usually is what happens. They add their own spin. And then the other channel is doing the same thing. And I'm like, well, it can't be this both ways. But you got two sides of the argument all the time, and it shouldn't be that way. It should be in the middle. It should be, um, you know, I don't know. I, eh, I know, I know, I know, AJ. It's very frustrating. But, uh, you know, the news controls everything, though. It controls who's going to get elected. It controls pricing. It definitely controls marketing, what you're going to see when you're watching that channel, the advertisements. Uh, and, you know, it controls radio and TV. It controls what people want to watch, you know, which celebrities they like this week and which one they don't. But that, that was chap that's chapter four. That's chapter four. Um, gonna, uh, chapter four can really get in depth, but we're gonna, we're gonna kind of, I'm gonna go right into my next part of the chapter five, which is, um, caution www dot dot dot. Wasn't one of my longer chapters, so we're gonna kind of combine it here, but, um, talks about a lot of the gray areas of the law and the rules that, um, are being guided by, once again, these big companies 
who, or basically whoever has the most money. And it's not always the right thing to do. You know, when you're looking to make money and you're looking to see what's right, whether it's morally right or just legally right, it's not always, uh, they're not always aligned, you know? So we talk a little bit in chapter five about the internet. I mean, there's so much to talk about about the internet, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, who controls it? You know, aside from the security and all of that stuff and, and, you know, every day, you know, websites are getting hacked and information is getting stolen and your passwords and you, I, I went into Google the other day and I, I, it, it told me on the, on the Google web browser, I don't know what they call it, but they, they, it said, you know, 50 of my passwords were compromised. I'm like, what, really? I'm like, how is that even possible? You know, my passwords are pretty strong. They're 480 characters each combination of letters numbers and characters so um i don't know but that that's also chapter five so kind of going to merge that into this one and then we're going to be right back after uh, another short break uh th- this this day is really flying by huh aj yeah uh well i'd be remiss if i didn't say check us out on all of our websites. You can check out us on Teespring if you want to get some merchandise from our show or you can donate to Patreon um, at Two Clever Mafia on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube, of course. And uh, if you need any of that information, you can head over to www.twoclevermafia.com. Check us out over there. And we're going to take another short break. We're going to get to our final chapter that we're going to talk about today, chapter six. And uh, I'll give you a hint. It it, uh, involves the music industry. Yeah, yeah. No, not podcast people, AJ. Just, just, I don't, I'm, have you ever heard me sing, AJ? Oh boy. Okay. We'll be right back after this. Hello everyone. Welcome back. Thank you again, AJ, for another lovely intro music set ensemble whatever you want to call that hello to my mafians and i'm your host too clever mafia and you are once again listening to the too clever mafia podcast and this is going to be chapter six coming up of our our manifesto if you will of hot caffeine feeling the slow burn of the american way uh chapter six is titled caution no high speed dubbing do you know what that is aj you know what no high speed dubbing means no? Well, you know what high-speed dubbing is? Yeah? Okay. Okay. Well, I'll explain it. So, high-speed dubbing used to be a term on uh, cassette players and the uh, music cassette tapes, if you will. And you can record one tape to the other, usually at a higher speed than just playing it and recording it. If you were kind of duplicating a tape, it made it, I don't know what the times, if it was two times, three times, four times. I, I used to have a whole what they call rack system with all that stuff in it. I don't know where it is, maybe in storage, who knows, but um, that was what high-speed dubbing means. And um, so chapter six, um, I go into, well, let's just go into it, right? So but back when you, when, oh boy, when was this? Probably after the Walkman, and then they came out with a Discman, which played CD discs. They, they started with the MP3 players because music wanted, they wanted music to be portable, smaller, and uh, we went from cassettes, I feel, that was smaller, that I guess not as reliable, to CDs, which were eh, 
maybe better, a little bit better on the reliability front, but they get scratched up all the time. But they were huge. Then you got a portable CD player, want to walk around the block, and then you, you bump it, it stopped playing. Then they came out with ones that had anti-skip, which was basically recorded ahead of time. It was kind of delay, like a tape delay, basically, and inside and some sort of memory. And anyway, they came out with the MP3 players, which you know, uh, you know, Apple came out with the iPod and uh, changed the world, right? And there was other brands that were trying to take over that market at the time, and I don't think really many of them succeeded. Uh, but it ultimately, it I don't want to say killed the music industry, but it definitely changed the music industry forever. And back back in my day, even going back, I'm going to say 60s, 70s, around there, you know, you, you, artists went to a music company, they were signed by a music company, they created an album, you know, sometimes they created a little two-side uh, uh, single, if you will, and they created an album and they got paid for the, the album sales. They got paid for album sales, they did, uh, you know, concerts, but they got they got paid for all that stuff. Now artists know, um, well, from that point, well, I don't want to get too far ahead, but they used to make that, you know, and then they, they used to make the money on the album sales. Then they tried to work it into digitally to, well, we got to, you know, people, they were back in, what was this, the 90s? Late 90s, I guess. People started downloading music. It would take you four days to get a song, but you could download the music on these not-so-great websites, I don't even know if there were websites. There was some sort of peer-to-peer sharing services where uh, Napster was a big one, and they ended up getting sued and shut down. And you wanted a song. This is before iTunes and all that. And you wanted a song. You would go out and you would download a song. And apparently, it was totally illegal. And you know, whatever. But you you would get a song, and then you would listen to it on your computer or wherever you wanted. You know whatever you wanted to and, and build your own kind of own collection of music. But that kind of cut the artists out altogether and the record companies, which didn't like it. So it was a peer to peer shearing thing, which, you know, back in the day, you lent somebody an album, they listened to it, they returned it. You lent somebody a cassette, same thing, or they high speed dubbed it and they recorded it. I don't know if that's legal or not. Who knows? It was legal. Who cares? But, uh, the, uh, after that, then you had your CDs and you had to burn them and copy them. You can create your own little backup in iTunes in case your CD got scratched, which happened often. But so the artists had to change how they got paid and, you know, they kind of convert. They Listen, we went digital. We, we're not making money on these album sales. The the, the record company said, hey, we're not we're, we're not going to pay you for these record sales anymore. Then Apple Music came out, which they, 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 they sell the songs on there and then they came up with these bundled packages where now you can listen to, a, you know, you, you buy a subscription monthly and you can listen to any songs you want that are on that service. Now, how that works on the back end, I have no idea. So don't even ask me that, but uh, I, I can't imagine it benefits the artists in any way because, I mean, how could you, how could you, how could you, I mean, you used to pay royalties to somebody if they play a song on the radio, which I imagine still happens, but they, how do you track all of that, you know? on these digital services, if they're downloading millions, I, 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 I don't know. I'm sure that they're doing something, but it's not benefiting the artist. I can tell you that much. But now, now with the current situation and how the, the artists had to switch 
you know, the album sales aren't, you know, with all the streaming services, artists had to switch to doing these live performances and really making their money from the show, selling their merchandise, their backstage tours, um, beer, uh, the, the, the food and beverage sales, right? So that's where they made a lot of their money from. And then where, you know, they try to play the bigger venues. So they have 30, 40,000 people in there. And if you, you only got 10 or 20 in there, you got to pay a three night show to try to make some money. And then you would split it amongst the other artists, maybe that are coming in, who knows to try to draw ticket sales. And if you don't make your money, then who gets hit? Probably the artist, if I had to guess. There's a lot of people making money in the music industry or looking to make money. You know, you got your promoters, you got your managers, you got your record companies, you got your artists, you, you know, musicians, you got all of that stuff. The venues. So a lot of the big artists, I think, have switched to sponsorships because, you know, whether it's beer companies or whatnot, um, you know, AJ knows I love the country music and it seems like there's a beer country ad everywhere or a big, you know, a lot of them, uh, uh, the pickup trucks, you know, kind of stereotyping, uh, country music fans, but, um, no cowboy hats. I know. I don't, I don't know. I would imagine some cowboy hats or companies are sponsored by some musicians somewhere. I don't know how that works, you know, with the clothing and all that. But anyway, I read us the article that, uh, uh, kind of got me thinking about this as well a more recent article about how the venues and the promoters and the rules have now changed because when this happened the pandemic in america a lot of these ticket sales are sold you know months a year in advance months in advance definitely and uh, they had to uh, refund ultimately and they tried to reschedule events but ultimately a lot of folks had to get their money back because they said listen i can't go you know you reschedule this contract for next year you know, or you reschedule, it was a Saturday night concert, you reschedule it for six months from now on a Thursday. You can't do that. You know, that's just not the right thing to do. Um, and the ticket companies, uh, the big, the big one that pretty much runs everything, uh, had to figure out a new way. So, but what I read was that there, because of this, it opened up the venue's eyes as well as the ticket promoter or people that sell the tickets. Uh, I guess the promotion company, if that's what you call them, they're not going to ever take a hit like this again because they, they took a bath. And um, so they're going to pass these costs ahead of time onto most of the time onto the artists because the promoters aren't going to take the hit anymore. And then the artist is, you know, I've heard everything from um, insurance for the venues. When, when, when artists go there, they've got to, the artists are going to have to take care of all of that. And if uh, they don't sell out, they're going to be cuts taken back from the artist pay. And, you know, these big comp, these big artists, the big ones that do the concerts, the, you know, the, the, well, the, the household name, so to speak, um, you know, they can afford that because most of the time the promoting companies, uh, will take the hit for those big artists. But when you talk about these little, uh, mom and I say mom and pop again, but these little small up and coming artists, the newer ones, how are they going to, that how are they going to afford any of that i don't i don't think they could i really don't think they could so is that going to um change the music industry and how are we going to get new artists or are we not going to get the talent that we've had over all of these years and you know because there's not a living in it anymore i mean i don't think a lot of the folks that get involved into the um you know you know some of them really do it because of their craft and they're not looking to make a million dollars but they need to eat 
you know, there was this uh, local local guy. Uh, I wish I knew his name, but uh, he, he does cover songs and he shows up. He was at the. I went to a diner and he was at the diner playing the songs and uh, you know, uh, Sweet Caroline, things like that, fun stuff, right? And got the people singing along. Got my, you know, got my foot tapping. You know, AJ, my foot was tapping and uh, enjoyed it. And uh, we were dining outside because you can't really dine inside anywhere. And uh, it, but it was fun. It was took your mind off of things that were going on. It was a good time and it was fun. But somebody like that guy, I can't imagine he makes a ton of money doing it. Maybe he just does on the weekends. But you know, he had a good voice, and. Yeah, I don't. I would imagine he's got songs of his own, but you really can't lead with that as a new person because, like, hey, I don't, I don't, I, I want to hear something I know. You know what's going to happen to people like them that were inspired to get into the business? Are they going to not? Is it just not going to happen anymore? You know, we're just going to have songs without lyrics. You know, just auto tuned and and you know, electro vibe or whatever. I don't know what you call it, but. I, I think it's, 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 things are going to change. You know, I can't wait to, you know, you, AJ knows, and most of my listeners, especially those who have listened to uh, season zero, uh, will know that uh, I, I enjoy going to concerts and it's a fun time. It's, um, you know, you see some really, you know, some, you know, talented people that uh, can sing and, 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 and play instruments and, uh, you know, all genres of music. And, uh, but, What's going to be? I, I can't wait to go back to a real concert, but I, it's got to be safe, right? And then what is safe? I saw one thing that you're going to have to be on little platforms that are divided into, uh, you know, six people can fit in a platform and that's it. And then it's divided. It's not going to be the same environment. It's not going to be fun anymore. You know, if I have to sit, you know, basically like the similar situation, if I was sitting home watching television, um, am I going to, waste my money to go to a concert and who knows what the prices are going to be. You think the consumer's not going to take a bath on getting back into the, to the, uh, to the arena. They're not going to be charging, uh, you know, you want a bottle of water. It's going to be $50. And somebody, I, speaking of $50, AJ, I, know, I don't think I ever told you this. I went out West, uh, uh, oh boy, last year sometime. And I saw a concert out there in, uh, a very famous theater. And, it was small theater, very small theater, and uh, and uh, they. Uh, I'm used to on the East Coast. There's there's this one venue I go to. Um, it's an outdoor amphitheater, uh, and but that was you know where I go often. But when I went out west and went up to get a a drink for me and Mrs. Mafia, and I couldn't believe, I mean the price had to be three or four, almost four times higher. It was a. Uh, well, just like a bottle of water there. It was like $14 for a bottle of water. And it wasn't a big bottle of water. It was, a, you know, a standard size. And uh, I said, wow, I can't believe it. But uh, I, I thought, the, I didn't realize the West Coast is, is, is actually more, that much more expensive than the East Coast. But that's imagine what the prices are going to be next year. They're going to be nuts. Going to be crazy. So I'm going to be back after a short break. Because I need a drink. And uh, I don't know about water, but I might need something stronger. Who knows? <laughs> but um, I'll be back with my final words. I'm going to wrap this, uh, this, this day up. And uh, don't go anywhere. Check us out over on, uh, if you get bored while you're waiting, 
check us out on uh, www.twocleverMafia.com or like and subscribe please if you like what we're doing here like and subscribe to all our podcasts and social medias we really do appreciate it Um, we will be right back after another short break hello aj welcome back world and mafians and listeners wow just wow today i am your host two clever mafia welcome back once again you're listening to the two clever mafia podcast and uh, we're gonna wrap this up with my final words as i usually do hope everyone enjoyed uh, going over the kind of the summary if you want to say aj called it a manifesto i call it uh, basically a story that we wrote down um, or i wrote down and hot caffeine feeling the slow burn of the american way the way things are going right aj i mean what are you gonna do if you enjoy our show and you'd like to support our channel head over to patreon at two clever mafia get our gear uh, if you want a nice t-shirt with my mug on it or a mug with my mug on it head over to teespring like and subscribe on all facebook twitter instagram youtube uh, just like 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 subscribe everywhere uh, we'll wait we really do appreciate it and it allows us to keep bringing you this wonderful content every single week shoot us a tweet send us an email to clevermafia at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you we'd love to you know you can uh uh, I think on our website, you can head over to uh, Anchor and you can even uh, leave a message. You can leave a message for us to use if you want to say hi. And uh, we can use that on our podcast if you give us the permission to probably reach out to you. So make sure you give us an email to get back to you to get your permission um, to sign your release. But uh, I'd love to hear from everyone there. And uh, so what did we figure out today, AJ? Well, okay, let me tell you. Okay, so we figured out that necessity is the mother of all invention. And we didn't invent that saying. It's been around forever. But, you know, as things change, you know, this, for example, our new work environment, working from home and all of that, it, 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 it has a ripple effect. And as things change over time, they affect other things. And some good, some bad, but it, it's going to affect it. So things will always change. And anybody uh, that knows anything... The, the more adaptive you are to change, the more of a, a chameleon, if you will, uh, the the more success you're going to have, and, and an easier time about just going about your daily your daily routines because things change, and if you can accept that and you can work with that, and and you know sometimes you're not happy about it, but things are going to change, and then you know if one door closes, they say another door opens. So, and and for some people when one door closes, things will get better and change will bring a better sense of happiness, a better better sense of direction or, or self-worth. Um, you know, and for others, and, and it might be easy, but for others it will may require a, a new way of, completely new way of doing things. And it will, you know, require others to, we, we have to adapt. You know, we have to redirect or, 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 or change our way of thinking and our actions, uh, the way we would approach things, may we may have to change the, that. That, and we all need to remember, though, and continue to understand, and and be open, and listen, even if we don't agree with the change, or we don't agree with the opinion, or we don't agree with with the person, or or, or the situation, and. We need to remember that we're all just people. At the end of the day, you know, we're all just human beings. 
and we're all just on this great big spinning rock. Um, some say round, some say flat. But we're all on this great big spinning rock, and we're just trying to survive. Just trying to get by, do what we need to do, whether it's to contribute to society or just, just to survive in general and, and, you know, sometimes provide for your family, provide for yourself, uh, better yourself, whether it be through education or, uh, you know, trying to move up in the world, move up your status, if that's what you're, you're looking for. But we're all just trying to survive and ultimately we're all just trying to enjoy our life. And we only get one crack at it, folks. We only get one crack at it. And, you know, wasting time and wasting effort on, on things that, you know, uh, at, at the end of the day, I always tell people, I say, listen, you, you do what you want with your life. I'll do what I want with my life. If, if, if as long as what you don't interrupt my, what I want to do, and where I want to go, and what I, you know, what I want to do, you, you, you do what you want, you know. I don't feel we we have the right necessarily to interfere with what others want to do and what others don't want to do. I think everybody should be free to do as they please. And just because someone wants to do something that you don't agree with, or someone says something that you don't agree with, or they think a certain way and you think the opposite way doesn't make them necessarily right or you wrong or vice versa. But uh, agree to disagree, people. You know, you meet in the middle. Just say, hey, listen, at the end of the day, you're a human, I'm a human. Enjoy your life. You know, uh, do what you need to do to survive and, and do what you want to do. And you leave me alone and, and I'll leave you alone. And then, and then everybody can live happy together and or not, if that's not what they enjoy, and we we progress as a people. So, enough of my too clever armchair philosophy. So, I'm a, I am too clever mafia. I am your host of the Too Clever Mafia podcast, and that is all I have to say about that. And until next time, my mafians, enjoy yourself and be kind to each other. Bye bye for now.